Come on, let's give our kids a hand, man. Amen. God's good, isn't he? Man, I just love kids, man. I tell you what, that's one of the things that we love around here. We love the, the next generation, and uh, we want to put as much money as we can into them because they are worth it. How many would agree? Amen. I had a, um, I had a friend of mine, by the way, I'm Sean Apking. I'm the lead pastor here. If you're visiting with us, thanks for coming. I had a friend of mine who had a, uh, who uh, started a church and he, uh, they built this little building and, and they needed to buy chairs for the building. So he got up on a Sunday, but they needed also chairs for the children's ministry. And he knew that if he got his people, his adults, into nice, comfortable chairs, they wouldn't pay for the children's chairs and the ones they wanted. So he made the adults, he says, we're not buying chairs for us till we get the right chairs for those kids. And, uh, and they did. They, got, they stayed in like these, how many guys ever sat in those aluminum chairs, you know, for over five minutes? You're just done, you know? And um, he made them sit, sit in there. The, the adults only had aluminum chairs until all the kids' chairs were bought and paid for. And then they could focus on their chairs. And how many guys know as soon as they were able to pay for, buy their chairs for the adults, they got them pretty quickly after that. Amen? I tell you what, let's give our kids a hand. Amen? They're so good. I, um, I, was, uh, I knew we were going to be doing some children's stuff today, and so I was just praying about some things, and I'll share with some things that the Lord showed me later. But, but I uh, went on the Internet, and, I, you know, kids say some of the funniest things. And so I found some Christmas letters to Santa that children wrote, and here, here's what they said. They, this one said, Dear Santa, you didn't bring me anything good last year. And in fact, you didn't even bring me anything good the year before. This is your last chance. <laughs> Here's another one. Dear, little Santa, dear Santa, there are three little boys who live in our house. There's Jeffrey, who is two. There's David, who is four. And there's Norman, he is seven. Jeffrey is good some of the time. Norm, uh, David is good some of the time. But Norman is good all the time. I am Norman. <laughs> dear Santa, please give me a doll this year. I would like her to eat, walk, do my homework, and clean my room. And then uh, here's one, last one. It says, Dear Santa, could you come early this year? I've been super good, but I don't know if I can last much longer. Please hurry. <laughs> Amen. That sounds like me. And, um, you, know, we, you know, we as Americans, we spend a lot of money, over $10 billion a year just on Christmas itself. And, and, uh, and you've probably seen a lot of people. I mean, he's gone shopping, and it's just like a mess out there. And I was... I remember a story about a lady who uh, went shopping in the mall, and she had all these bags, gift bags and everything. She's trying to carry them all and, and go to the next store, and she was in, get, waiting on the elevator. She pressed the button for the elevator. It took a long time, finally came. She got backed up into the elevator because it was already full by the time she was able to get in, and the door slammed on her bags, and she uh, pushed them back in, and the door finally was able to, to close, and and she just, just out of frustration, just says, whoever uh, invented this Christmas season should be arrested, hung, and shot. And then she hear, hears a voice from a man in the very back of the elevator, and she, he said, ma'am, they already did that. They crucified him. And so, um, <laughs> you know, a lot of times this year, it's going to be a lot of fun time, but also it can be a really heavy time for some people can be a dark time for some people. 
And, uh, you know, it's just and it's so good that we have a church that gave. And I tell you what, yesterday we had our Christmas extravaganza where we, about 250, 300 people we served yesterday. We gave gifts to everybody. We fed them. And I tell you what, as a church, I am so proud of our church. You guys did amazing. And, and you know, if you gave at all this year, you gave into this. And, uh, and a lot of you that served, let's give a hand to everyone who was able to come and serve and who gave. And, um, you know, we, I, I, if you've never been to one, I mean, we serve these people. And we love these people in our community, those who can't really afford to give presents to their kids. And uh, we want to make sure that we do our part. We can't do everybody and help everybody, but we're going to do our part. And I tell you what, we just had a great time serving people the other day. And I, I was so impressed. I was sitting out there just watching. It was in the link where we were feeding everybody. And I tell you what, just this wave of emotion came on me because of just seeing our people serve people and just give of themselves to people. And these people just really just being ministered to. I mean, we had multiple families just break down and start crying because of the generosity we, we were giving them. And I heard a story by... Uh, um, Luke was telling me about one of our workers that were taking one person around. We had many of these stories, by the way, but this one was brought him into the room and said, hey, listen, you can have, and on this age group, age rooms were different age groups, and says for this, your, this age, your child here, they can have three presents that are on this table, and these are really good presents. And, and, the, and the lady just started to break down and cry because you know, th thinking that she's only going to get one. I mean, they went out of there with multiple and multiple presents. And then we had other people giving out gift cards, $25 gift cards, $50 gift cards and to everyone, just, you know, kind of like a secret Santa thing going on. And I tell you what, man, I am so proud of our church. Give yourself a hand, amen. You know, it's, uh, it's just amazing to me, and I, I really believe, how many guys would believe with me that we can do twice as much next year? How many guys would believe with me and see twice as many people minister to, and we can go up to 600 people next year, and I want to see that happen, and, uh, and it's going to happen. You know, the, the word Christmas means this. It means mass of Christ, and that means celebration of Christ. And, you know, it's more than just a manger that we are celebrating here. We're celebrating so much more. And the story's great. And that's what a lot of times we focus on. But it's more than that. And it reminds me of a guy by the name of Simeon. Simeon was a man that was in the temple. And Joseph and Mary brought Jesus as he was a baby to him. And in Luke chapter 2, verse 29, look what it says here. It says, Lord, now, you, this is Simeon talking. He has the baby Jesus in his arms, about ready to bless him. He says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all the peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. You know, Simeon lived in a time that was messy, that was hard, a lot like what we live in today. But he really realized who Jesus was. Not that he was a baby just born in a manger, but that he was the Son of God to bring salvation to this world. And, and that's what it is. And he was so impressed with that. He said, God, now I am fulfilled. I can die because I've seen your salvation. I can go on because I can see that. And this is what Jesus did. You know, the real message of Christmas is not 
just the manger. But the real message comes out of Luke chapter 4, verse 18 through 19. Because we celebrate, we don't celebrate his birth as much as we celebrate what he came for. And to really celebrate and to receive what Jesus came for, we have to understand that. In Luke chapter 14, verse 18 19 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Now, the poor here is not a financially, you know, your financial status. The poor here is talking about every single one of us because it's talking about poor in spirit, that each one of us were not able to make our own self-righteous. It, only, only Jesus could do that. And so he said he came to, he anointed me to preach the gospel, the good news to the poor, every single one of us. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And so I was praying about this because this is the message of Christmas right here that we've been set free, that we have the good news of the gospel, that he has saved every single one of us, and we have the opportunity to have a relationship with God, and that we are healed, whole, and set free, that we're no longer slaves. And he, that is the message of Christmas. So how do we receive that? And I was asking the Lord, and I was praying the other day, because I, I didn't really know how much time I was going to have today. And I said, God, what is that one word that you want to give us today? How do we receive what really Christmas is all about? And he gave me Mark chapter 10, verse 15. And Mark chapter 10, verse 15 says this, Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child by, will by no means enter it. And so I really believe what the Holy Spirit wants to give you and I today is this. You and I must become like a child. How many guys have kids in here? Raise your hand. How many guys, how many of your kids are so excited about Christmas? I mean, I tell you what, they are. My, my kids are excited about Christmas. They love, and they definitely know the meaning of Christmas, and they're excited. In fact, I asked my daughter the other day, I have a five-year-old, and I asked her, I says, you know, what are you so excited about for Christmas? And, and I'm thinking, man, you know, she's going to say presents and everything like that. But she, she just shocked me. She says, I'm excited because family's going to be here and Jesus is born. And I, man, that just made me, I mean, she was really excited about it. I was trying, you know, to pervert her and says, no, you want presents. But no, she was excited. God, no, don't, don't feel. Okay, I'm a sinner too. Anyway, but, but here Jesus, he says, I want you to become like a child. Now, let me get, get you with this, because some of us need to loosen up a little bit. Turn to your neighbor and say, loosen up. You know, now, okay, that's enough. That's enough loosening up, okay? You know, I, I'm going to be real honest with you. Yeah. You should be the one on Christmas morning waking up your kids, being so excited about Christmas. I mean, you really should be. But Jesus says, I want you to come like a child. And that doesn't mean childish. It means childlike. You know, some of the virtues of, a, of children are the simple humility. They're very trustful. They have just the, the simplicity about things. I don't know about you, I, I've, 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 had, I've heard people say this about kids, you know, they're so excited because they don't have to worry about everything else in this world. 
You know, one of the things we teach our kids in children's classes is this. We teach them four things. Teach them that God is for them. He's not against them. His goodness, He loves them. That God is with them, that His presence is inside of them. That God forgives them, that He's not mad at them, that He forgives them. He forgives them, completely forgives and forgets. And that because of God is in you and that He's for you and that He's forgiven you, you can do all things through Christ Jesus. Nothing is impossible. That's what we teach kids. Well, I was taught that when I was a kid. Even though I, we were heathen, you know, we didn't go to church. We didn't even go to church at Christmas time. I mean, we didn't go any time. But I would once in a while get to go to vacation Bible school or backyard Bible clubs in the summer. And that's what they were always told me. So I knew, even as a non-Christian, knew that God was for me. I knew that. And a lot of us, we knew that as a kid. But what happens is that stuff happens in this world. This world is a mess. I mean, you lose your dog. Your family, your, your mom and dad get divorced. You get picked on in school. And as you grow older and you get older, the list goes on and on of the pain and the hurt that comes to us where we begin to forget those four things that God is for us, that God is in us, that God forgives us, and I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And we forget those things and we start becoming what we say is called mature. We have this maturity about us. No, we can't live life like that. And so we wonder why we don't really receive all that God has for us. But because we become mature, and that mature means I'm going to take care of myself. I become the boss. And what really happens when we become the boss, what happens? We mess up our lives even more. And more pain comes in. And what Jesus is saying, come as a child. Trust me. Be simple about it. Come in humility because you can't do it. Ask when you need something. Ask for help. How many of you guys have kids and they ask for help? Maybe all the time. Come as a kid and ask the Lord. Because this world is such a mess that we forget these things. We forget that He's for us and that He forgives us. We forget that He enables us and empowers us. And we forget that He's inside of us. So Jesus says, come back as a child and remember this, that I am for you. Jeremiah 29 says this, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Romans 8, 31 and 32 says, If God is for us, then who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? And see, when I begin to come back as a child and realize some things that God is for me, I don't have to hide from him. But I run to God. Run to God. You know, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 10, Adam did that. He ran away from God, not run from him, not run to him. After he sinned, God comes out in the garden and says, Adam, where are you? And Adam doesn't come up. You know, God already knew what he did, but he was calling out to Adam, to Adam to come, to run to him. But what did Adam do? He hid. And Adam says, he says, I heard you in the garden, but I was afraid. He was ashamed of what had happened because I was naked, so I hid. 
And see, that's the way a lot of us, and we relate to God, and we don't really receive everything that Christ did and came for because we forget about those things that God is for us and not against us. And so we even, during this Christmas season, by the way, we should celebrate this all year long, so I do take presents every day of the year. But anyway, that this is meant for us for eternity to live under what he's called us to live, but we have to come and receive it as a child. And when we do that, we don't hide from God. We run to God. And when I receive him and I know him and I come to him as a child, I don't live for God's approval anymore. I don't have to earn his approval. I am already approved. I live from a place of approval. See, when you realize that God is for you, you stop living under the tension of this legalism. That thinking that I have to be right all the time to get God to like me. And that's not, that's not there anymore because he already loves me. I'm his son. I have three kids. I have an uh, 18-year-old. She lives in Colorado Springs and co- going to college. I have a, have a 10-year-old and a 5-year-old. And no matter what they do, I love them. They will always be my son and my two daughters. No matter what. I will always love them, and I will always accept them. How much more will God in heaven, what he says, what Jesus said, how much more will your Father on earth know how to give good gifts? How much more will your Father in heaven gives good gifts to his children? And you and I are his kids. In order to receive everything that God has for us, we have to come as a child and say, and run and grab hold of Daddy. And don't let go. And don't worry, does he accept me or not? You are accepted, and not only accepted, you are wanted into his house. You are wanted. He is wanting you to come around him and hold him and grab him and ask him and say, God, I need you. I want you. So now, because of that, I don't have to fear what happens to me because I know God is working in me. See, when I realize that God's working and living in me, I don't have to fear what's happening all around me because I know He is good and has my best interest in mind. Romans 8.28 says that. He says, And we know that in all things God works for good for those who love Him and have been called according to His purpose. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you and to will and to act according to His good purposes. God is for you. Some of you are wondering, well, what's happening in my life? You must understand, no matter what you're going through, God wants to turn what is bad into good. Every single time. Listen, some of the greatest testimonies in my life, I've been saved for 31 years, been a believer. One of the, the, the greatest testimonies that I have in my life are born out of the hardest battles where I didn't give up and I ran into daddy's arms and I allowed God to lead me out and lead me through. Because we know God works all things to good to those who love him. I love that. So now, this is what happened. Because he was God in my yesterday, I can trust him for my tomorrow love that. I look back and I see that. I, how many guys pray in here? Please, everyone, raise your hand. Make me feel better. And um, 
I, um, I pray, and I, every time I pray, I actually write down my prayers. And so every time I'll, I'll have my iPad or my, my iPhone with me, and, and I'll, just, I'll just I'll pray something, I'll write it down. I write what I pray down, and I keep on, I keep on doing it. So the other day I was just looking over it, and before I went into prayer, and I'm just looking at them, and I'm thinking, wow, you answered that prayer, God. I look at that other prayer. Man, you answered that prayer. And then I look at this one. You didn't answer that one yet, but I know you're going to. See, the thing about it is, I can look back in my past and see how he answered prayers. You know what that does? That gives me faith for tomorrow. That even though, no matter what's going on around me, I'm okay. We're all okay here. Because we can trust him. We can trust him. Psalm 66, the psalmist says, verse 16 says, Come and listen, all you who fear God, and let me tell you what he has done for me. Amen. See, that's God. And when we come to him as a child, ready to receive from him, knowing that he's for us, know that he's in us, know that he's forgiven us, and knowing that he's working all things for good, that we can do everything through Christ. Something great happens. See, not only is this Christmas season, but we're entering into a new year, 2015. What does God have for you then? He has something great for you. He's going to change what was maybe bad this year into good. He's going to make the good things greater. And whatever happens, that the bad things, and they will be bad things next year. You don't have to worry. Because he's going to turn them around and make them better. You guys ready for that? As a church man, I'm so excited about what God is going to do. He's going to do some great things with us. I'm so excited for this season we're in right now. That God wants to use you and he wants to do some great things in you. He wants to turn some bad things into good even now. And this is my prayer. This is my heart. That you would receive all that he came to do. You receive his life, his healing, his hope, his love, his joy, and his peace. You guys ready to receive that today? Even more? Well, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Because I believe this is, is the heart of God right now for you. He wants you to receive all that he has. And so I don't know everyone in here. I don't know what you're going through. I know there's people I do know that are going through some hard things. At this time of the year, it can be a great and awesome time, but it also can be a very dark time. Many of you are facing some significant challenges. Some of you, maybe everything's kind of going all right, it's going okay, but there's something missing and you need prayer. You feel like that God is for you and that God is good, but you just need some more. Well, I believe right now that God's going to meet your needs. I believe in prayer. And I believe that you can see a difference 
today. And I want you to know that God is for you. And he has not forgotten you. And he wants to make a way. We sang that song earlier. His heart is for you to come into your life, change your situation. But come as a child right now. Stop taking yourself so seriously. You can't do it. You can't do this alone. You need him. So if you're here right there, I want to pray with you. You feel like, that, Pastor Sean, that's me. I, I, I need prayer right now. I need, I need hope restored. I need joy restored. I just need help. I need God to move in my life. If you could raise your hand just as an indication for me, I want to pray with you. You can put your hands down. Why don't you raise your hand? Says, Pastor Sean, I need more. I need prayer. Go ahead. Thank you, Lord. God wants to restore some things. And I promise you, and I really believe this, as I was praying for this Sunday, I wanted to really, God to show his power. In you. Some things you've been struggling with, some thoughts. Maybe, maybe you've been struggling financially, maybe you're struggling relationally, whatever it is. He is going to show up today. He desires on the edge of his throne, desiring to show up in your life. So let's pray and let's believe God right now. We're going to see some really good things. So Father God, I thank you that right now in the name of Jesus, that Father God, we come and we just break down all walls, all barriers and come to you as a kid again. You are our dad, Father. And we run to you right now. And we say, help in the areas we need help. And we trust in you. Because God, we know you are for us. And your word says, if you are for us, who or what can be against us? That we receive all that you have for us right now in the name of Jesus. And we refuse to go back to our old lifestyle where we say we are in control. And we right now give you complete control in Jesus' name. We thank you. So meet whatever the need is right now. Whether it's financial, whether it's relational, whether it's spiritual, emotional, meet that need in the name of Jesus. And I pray, God, that this week we're going to see that need met in the name of Jesus. Because you're going to show yourself strong to us in Jesus' name. With everyone's head bowed and eyes closed, please, if you're here today, you're hearing the message and you're saying, yeah, but there's something missing. I just don't have it. 